1: That is the intro for today because we, the Yankees, as fans, we did it. We're part of it. Have taken two out of three in Oakland, five out of the last six, are averaging six runs per game around. Tied the MLB record with triple plays for the most triple plays in a season at three. A lot of time left, right, Chandler? And we have more triple plays turned on that note than the Diamondbacks have wins in the last month. So I'm feeling good. We're going to get into it a little bit later, whether or not the World Series is back on. But I think you can tell by the tone of my voice, I am feeling that way. The last episode was a very sad episode. You were drinking a little bit of the tears if you were listening to that. We did even mention that we felt that the AL East was a little bit out of reach because we would have have had to go 60 and 30-ish for the remaining games, which at the time... The team didn't look like they had the life to do such a thing, and other teams such as the Rays and Red Sox were doing very well. A lot can change in a week, or less than that, as we can tell. I'm an idiot. Look at this fucking loser. Chandler's one of those two. He was on the same page as me. The Rays have been free-falling. The Rays have been free-falling. The The Rays have been free-falling, and we are now, I think, four and a half out of first place now. So a lot can change in a few days, and I don't want to sound like a, like I'm teeter tottering, but like that was a significant my my take in that moment, saying that we were we had our work cut out for us <laughs> for the AL East lead. I wouldn't change that because the way what we saw in this team and the way we were playing against after the Phillies series specifically, that was a fair thing to say. It's just we just had a complete 180, and the guy that's spearheading it is Gary Sanchez, and who would have thought that would happen? So. Yeah. How are we doing before we get into the Yankees talk? How are you doing, Chandler from South Carolina?
2: I am doing absolutely wonderful. Twitter, Instagram pull aside, which, you know, overwhelmingly was against Murph and myself. Um, what, if you I'm were doing, cool? I'm doing great. Yeah. Which <laughs> I, I, I might have to agree with if I were to vote. I would probably say that I am also not cool, but still made me a little sad.
1: Your girlfriend um, voted no to that. That's- I know a little bit sad too maybe she's done something there yeah i think it was a lot of nose out of love
3: just
2: i think it. it was a lot of nose out of i'm going to say it was on accident they're very close <laughs> it's hard it's hard to see sometimes i know myself when i don't have my glasses on in the morning i can't see
3: it's like left twix versus right twicks it's like exactly you never sure. really know
2: also i would like to I say get, one I thing that was you said that ideas. i was uh, <laughs> on your side out of the ale being out of reach we'll get to I, that how
1: are you doing damon
2: fantastic Never better.
1: I'll tell you how I'm doing. I, if you can tell by my getup, I'm learning how to play the guitar. I'm becoming a, more of a jack of all trades, master of none type guy. And yes. I think adding one more thing to my arsenal is absolutely necessary too.
3: Because you're to be that only guy. allowed to wear collared shirts if you would play guitar. Yeah, but this it's is not a, look. a collared no, shirt. No, no, it's
2: it's just, got the t shirt underneath, the backwards yeah. hat. He's a man bun away from being the. Like playing Less guitar tar. in a. Pav- I was gonna say playing in like a pavilion with an
3: open case. You know it's, You know this is like this is like those TikToks where it's like day one of owning a Jeep, and you're like, wait, we like oh you do the oh, Jeep oh, wave, do the Jeep wave, oh, right oh, cool, out of the gates, cool, cool, yeah." Cool. And it's like day two, it's like, "Wave, ah, you would get it, you know, <laughs> Jeep thing only." <laughs> yeah, tomorrow I'm gonna be
1: just picking at people carry, who, who don't over. carry their guitar through
3: Central yeah. Park. You're gonna carry a pick around, like, like a necklace with like your pick on it or some shit. Oh, you, oh, you noticed. No, but I. Going to
2: be at a fucking like bakery or something. Like, bro, your fingers kind of look like a G sharp right now, huh? Yeah, I'm grabbing grabbing a bagel, asshole. Get out of here.
1: No, but I I wanted to. My goal is just to. I'm learning uh, Wonderwall right now because it's obviously a a banger, and uh, Damon doesn't approve of it. Bad song, but I just my goal is to be on the beach and uh, just beach beach bonfire, toes in the sand. Circle of friends around, and I just whip out a guitar, and I just say, listen, you guys forget the speaker at home. I got it. And I just start Dude, ripping you live away. In New York? There's beaches close to here. What the fuck do you mean?
2: Dude, I, go, I know. I, I go to the beach so twice a week.
1: Damon goes to the beach was- at 4 a.m. to go surf. Do so you tell him that he can't go to the beach?
2: I'm not telling you you can't go go. tomorrow. Saying, like when, a picture. when you think of the beach guy, you know, you're not thinking of somebody huddled up in a winter coat. You're wearing like flip flops and shorts and no shirt, not like, all right, get ready for the fucking I winter apocalypse.
3: Eleven months out of the year. Rel Rel's gonna be like Ron Burgundy and Anchorman, where he's just gonna be like pull out a flute out of his arm be like, I'm totally- I wish I had that cute. Oh, so God. You, you
1: completely caught me off guard. I'm take, so unprepared. Take the beeline
3: so for, for a walk. <laughs>
1: All right. Back to the Yankees. That was enough about our lives. You guys don't care about that. So as always, I'm joined by Damon and Chandler. Murph is again away because he works at a bar and he has shitty hours. So that's peel back the curtain a little bit. That's what's going on here. Um,
2: oh, wait, I have one question for Damon before we get out of our personal lives. Could you elaborate a little bit on running out of gas last week? Oh, yeah. Are you okay? Did something happen? So I,
3: I was trying to make the episode last week. I was trying to go record. Um, however, my car was reading. I had 50 miles left, and I was only had a mile to go to the gas station. I was in the city, mm. and I was driving, and then I got stuck in traffic. And then two seconds later, I went from five to two miles left. So I had now my car is running. at two miles to the gallon left, so and I was stuck in traffic. So I pulled an illegal U-turn, and I pulled over, parked my car, and then I had to run to a gas station, convince the gas station guy to give me a gallon thing. And then I had to walk, walk by myself back to my car with a gallon of gas and then fill my car up. And All right. That's
1: enough home. about our personal lives. It's been too long talking about that.
2: Um, I think I think everybody wanted to know that that though. sucked that sucked that
1: so that Yankees have been hot on the streets, and I for one, I think why don't we just start off with this we've mentioned the panic meter we dusted it off it was full blown out and it was about we were very much panicking before I wanted to get a little bit of a temperature check on where we 're at now after taking five out of the last six against some pretty good opponents can we put opponents? excuse me we've played Oakland well we've played the Rays well we've played you know the White Sox well this is just sporadic throughout the season but we've played good teams well we play the bad teams bad and I think that's something that obviously needs to clean up and that we'll see that right now when we're about to take a, uh, a nice little series is it home with the it is home with the yeah. with the Royals so you know hopefully that you know being home thing helps but people haven't been filling out the stadium. So maybe this winning thing will start to get people to, you know, enjoy watching this team again. So, and I do think it is that that is the case. I did go to a few games for the Oakland series and I was honestly shocked that the stadiums weren't filled out, but then I thought about it and it's like, why, why would somebody travel even more than half hour to go to these games? I live close enough that it's like, whatever I woke up and I was like, let's go to the game. But you Know for somebody who doesn't live close, why would you do that with the current level of play that's going on right now? So, hopefully, we continue to win. And we got some good series Red Sox. Aren't we put the Red Sox right after that? Yeah, and no, you know, no, no, no. We Boston. play oh, oh in Boston because yeah. I, was, I was going by the home schedule because we play the Angels and get a little bit of Otani show. Yeah, hopefully, Trout's back by then, but who knows? Um, yeah, I, 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 I what was I, where did I start on that?
2: I don't think you're that panic far meter. Off. panic meter,
1: panic meter. Where's your panic uh, at?
2: uh It's like a like a, like a five out of 10, but I don't think you're that far off. Like a week ago when you said that the AL East was out of reach, we were almost 10 games back already. I mean, nobody would have predicted the race to go on a five game losing streak. Six. Plus the Red Sox go. Okay. a Six game losing streak. The Red Sox going to four. We gained five games and six. We gained five up in the East and six games total. Yeah, it
3: was kind of like the perfect That's storm.
2: Unheard of. It yeah, doesn't happen. So. Now we're right back at maybe fate's on our side. I don't know, but
3: and it's you know. it's it now it's four and a half games behind the Red Sox now, and yep. because the raise the, the Red Sox are in first, the Rays are in second now. And I think Chandler, when we were talking to the Action Network um, guys, we were saying this is right when Glasnow got hurt, and we were like, are the Rays just gonna hit like like downfall now because Glasnow's hurt and now he's probably out for the season and that's a huge piece that they're going to be missing. And I know it's only been six games, but they're not looking too hot. I'm not saying they're they're done in any means whatsoever because they're an amazing team. But again, it was just a perfect storm of them losing and then Red Sox losing a few games as well and then us just being, you know, hot on this streak. So, I would say that I'm I'd say I'm around a 5 as well just because we are like the kings of being streaky. So we could turn around and get swept by the Royals. I don't know. I hope we don't. I hope we sweep the Royals, but it's just so early to tell. I think it's great that we. I think it's great that we had two great series against two good teams, the Blue Jays and then the Athletics. We we gave the Athletics their first road series loss there this whole season. Really? So, yeah. So that 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 has to say something. They're they're a top of the division team. Um, we had the Astros, so they had the
2: best record in the American league. Yeah. Going into so, this, which is another,
1: another instance. And I've mentioned this leading up to this also, how many times have we done that? So we've done that three times now. I can count them. The hottest team in baseball coming again into, uh, into, you know, New York or whether it is we're going into a matchup against the hottest team in baseball and we play them very, very well which shows the team can play to that level of competition. It's just I think they need to just they get so in their own head with playing down to competition, which is a great test right now. We're we're it's it's the schedule makers couldn't have done it any better now that we're going to go out and face the Royals because now we could see if they can carry that torch and you know because you get fired up when you're like facing the team that's the number 1 in baseball at that time, right? You're like, "Okay, I want to I want to really show myself out here and then when you immediately follow that and play a a sub 500 team in the royals or you know the tigers or whatever the fuck it is you may not bring that same energy and like i said this is the third time that's that's happened this year so the best team in baseball was the athletics going into this we play them very well we take two out of three the best team in baseball going into this series we had against the white Sox, that was them they were the hottest team in baseball we sweep them the same thing goes for the rays when they're coming to the series against us and we 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 played them very well. Like we didn't sweep them. But you know you know what I'm saying? Like Blue Jays just, too. The Blue Jays were Blue Jays the as well. But not as much like those three teams, the Athletics, the White Sox, and the Rays at the time were the number one team in baseball going into the series. And we've played them our winning our record against teams that were the number one team going into the series is like eight and two, which is yeah. something to be said about, you know, waking up for that that series. The flip side of the coin, we play like shit against bad teams, and that's something we'll see right now against against the Royals.
3: I mean, the Royals. What the Royals? Do they? I know they didn't sweep the Red Sox, but they took a couple games to Red Sox I think they last took series. Like three of four. Yeah, they're not a bad team either. They're a good team
1: offensively. Yeah. But we might be seeing a little bit of a preview of an Andrew Benatendi potential. You know, we we teased that before when we got into the the trade target conversations, and I still would love Andrew Benatendi. I haven't got a updated look on his his stats but i think yeah i'd I'd like him to be in uh in pinstripe so maybe this is a little bit of a display for cashman to to take a peek at something that could potentially be um you know they're not they're not one of the worst teams in baseball they're middle of the pack of their division right now they're i mean they have two of the worst teams in baseball in their division but like they are in third in their division and they have a good offense so you know we, it, we could easily lose. We've lost to the, the... And I always dial it back to we got swept by the Tigers and that could happen at any time. And that happened after we swept the, the White Sox. So, you know, anything goes with this team. This team's very streaky, which is why I'm not going to buy into the we back World Series on just yet. I do like the way this looks, but again, it could look just as bad tomorrow. So I be- think
2: that's why our panic meters are at a five, you know, your initial question. is <laughs> because... We've seen how we played the Phillies, and the the Tigers series sticks out because that was everything that could fucking go wrong went wrong. That was when we made three errors in an inning. Glaber was booting routine ground balls. We saw his only meltdown ever. He's just like a happy guy all the time, and he threw a fucking tantrum in the dugout. But we've seen that side of it, which I think makes anybody hesitant to buy into a hot streak that and just how streaky the bats are cuz i still don't believe that the way that they play is sustainable over 162 you know we live and die by the home run we've had a couple more clutch hits as of late but at the end of the day i don't i don't know i don't know what our record is with there was something ridiculous with our home run record if we have x amount of home runs and we've won like 20 out of like 23 but something ridiculous like that that's not a good stat to have when the flip side of that is no home runs, no wins, and you're just like, "Well, fuck, it's mm-hmm. just the stats back it up, and it's not obviously not a sustainable way to carry on consistent winning. You can go on these streaks because when all, everything clicks at the right time, sweet and the offense is great, but you know, on the flip side of that, those same streaks can go ice cold, and we can't win a game.
3: Yeah, I think that I, I just want to win a series versus Kansas City. And then I I want to sweep. I know, but I'd be I'd be happy with a series win and then we need to destroy the Red Sox because that would really just turn the entire season around.
1: Well, here's the thing too that me and Chandler got into a little bit while your car was broken on the side of the road. We were talking about how, you know, there's a difference between what you want now and like when when we when we wrote off the AL East as a potential thing to be done, we were we were putting more emphasis on just the overall at, or the the head to head against the the Red Sox because they're going to be playing uh, if we, if there is a chance today at least now that now that there is we need to win those games those series are obviously important that's thanks for being obvious luke but like now that i don't know i don't even know where i'm going with this it's just before like what i was saying before was that when we were playing against the Red Sox basically for the wild card we were more fixated on knocking them down in the in the win and loss column head-to-head because we are worried about them in the at-large bid to the wild card. That's what I was more talking about then. Now, they're just as important just in terms of the AL East record, and that was something that wouldn't have been important to get into the wild card is what I was trying to say.
3: Yeah. We need to win. Simple as that.
1: So I have a rounding third. If we want to get into that, I know it's usually something we do at the end. But I think, I think,
2: I think it's a pretty it elephant in the that room. we gotta address the elephant in the room, and that's Gary Sanchez. Okay,
1: well, that's my rounding third. So, okay, well, let's get know. into the rounding 3rd Did am have this pulled up. Here we go. Rounding third. So my rounding third is that this month. Of Gary Sanchez. The last 20 games is the best we've seen of Gary Sanchez since 2017. And I don't even think that that is necessarily controversial. a controversial, controversial thing, but it's something that I wanted to prove to you guys. And I thought this is a good time to talk about it. So this month, Gary Sanchez, last 20 games, not necessarily just June, but last 20 games, He has 71 plate appearances, 344 batting average, 6 home runs, 12 RBIs, and a 1.127 OPS. The last time he's had anything better than that for a sustained period of time of 20 games a month was August of 2016 when he got called up, and it was 107 plate appearances, 389 batting average, 11 home runs, 21 RBIs, and a 1.29 OPS. So better across the board in everything but that was that was the Gary is back. When you refer to Gary as being back, you refer back to that time when he got called up and he, and he just lit the league on fire. So since then, he has never had a month where he has been as good as he has been for this month. And the, the one that was closest to his current production was June of 2017. Again, still during that time when he was, you know, Gary is scary and all that. He had 100 plate appearances, 307 batting average, which is currently below what he's at now. Nine home runs above, 27 RBIs above, but a 1.04 OPS compared to his current 1.127 OPS. So I think the argument could be made that you know batting average is higher and OPS is higher. He he's currently having a better year than he did then. And even if you don't, if you value home runs and RBIs more, whatever, it's just basically. Gary Sanchez has, has, has not been this consistently good since August 2016. So to, to, to the question when I, I poll everybody and say, is Gary back? And it's a resounding yes from the people that follow us and have voted on that. It was, I think, 80% yes. I wanted to look at these stats and confirm, is he back? Is this a, a, a significant enough sample size to say that he's back? And I am leaning towards yes. But I would, as a cautionary tale, as everybody knows, Gary is a very streaky player, and he could just as quickly flip flop to the other side and go on one of these lulls where he just can't hit anything and looks lifeless. He hasn't looked lifeless this year, so yeah, that's that's a silver lining. But I just wanted to say that I am I'm fifty eight percent Gary's back. Yeah, and I, I would like to actually- see more, but I I, I think he is.
2: I want to know if this was a turning point or not. I just think it's something interesting to look at, kind of to support you. So on April 27th was the day that the New York Post headline came out, like Gary Sanchez is binged. We get the press conference with Boone the night before that him and Higashioka are going to be true split catchers. Since he lost his starting job, Gary Sanchez is hitting 263. This is since April 20th, 263 with nine home runs in a W or a, Jesus Christ, Chandler talk and a WRC 147, plus. yeah, a 147 WRC plus, which is, you know, for those of us who have not learned that stat talk yet, that is 47 points higher than the, um, the league average since that same time, Kyle Higashioka batting 131, one home run in a 21 WRC plus good for 79 points lower than the league average. I don't know if that had something to do with it, but it could. It's I, I think, think it's it, interesting to at least see that since he lost, I put in quotes cuz he never really lost it, he started like the since next he started like, splitting it, time. Well, Which he started losing. like that three is losing the your next job. Yeah, but you know, what he I'm saying He went from a is, start everyday starting
1: catcher to a guy who lit- quite literally split time. They were they were sp- like Fifty percent. It wasn't just cold starts, so yeah. No, it he was like a sixty
2: job. it was like a sixty forty split. He lost his job. Since then he's played in thirty six games and he's hit nine home runs. He's got the one forty seven WRC plus, which is one of the best metrics of overall hitting. I mean I don't wanna say it's that's the sole reason, but that's definitely something to look at when you're talking about whether or not that sparked kind of this run he's been on.
3: Yeah. I, I would say that I'm I'm, I'm about, like, a 50, 53% because... That he's back? What? That he's back. Yeah, because I do want to go Sorry, over over 50 because he has been, you know, carrying this team the last couple of series for sure. There's, there's absolutely no, no doubt about that. Been coming up in incredibly clutch situations. Yeah. Um, and he's spitting it to the left, left and he's right center it. gap. Like, it.
1: I know Chandler made a comment about that, too. Like, he looked like the, the Astros series, was it, ALCS, where he you just, that's ingrained in our yep. brain, where he just, like, oppo field, just split the fucking yeah, just short, right field and field. shorting center his swing
3: up. It, it, it's, it's great to see, like, actual adjustments, and it's, it's cool to see real adjustments actually go out and work. And that's
1: what I've said that's about him all the time. I've always said, you know, in these streaks where he goes up and down and up and down... It's the the upside is usually him hitting a bunch of home runs, and I'm never really like, oh my God, Gary's back because he hit three home runs in three days because that's what he does. Yeah, he's home longer. runner bust. so he no, or not even that. If he hits X amount of home runs and he's just he if he, usually in a streak, a hot streak, he'll have like six home runs and six hits, like or seven hits. It's all of his hits are home runs, and that's not what I want to see. I do like seeing him split the gap like that and hit doubles and. You know, he's not he's not pressing too hard for the home run they are coming because he's got crazy pop but that's why i'm more so thinking that he's back this time versus other times where he's been hot because he does get hot like that he's a streaky player yeah. that's why i think he's that that plays dif- this this that's why this time is different than other times
2: yeah it's different too because he's driving the ball that way this is different from when the gary supporters which we owe an apology to obviously as a group Uh, hold Uh, hold on hold on on. on. i'm not i'm not done i'm not done yet you know as a group for the recent streak but um, as opposed to normal normally when the gary sanchez supporters say he's back it's because he got you know he had a jam shot off the wrist it was a flare single over the first baseman's head and they're like look He's going the other way. Fuck you guys. He's back. And I like no. When he's driving the ball into the right center gap and one-hopping the fence consistently, that's when I believe Gary Sanchez is starting to find what made him, you know, what was one of the top 5 catchers in the game for a little bit. Okay. So,
1: well, to that comment that you said oh, the Gary supporters, a apology and I'll say that not to you. I'll direct it to the Gary supporters who say that we owe him an apology. We don't because he was, was historically bad for an extended period of time. Terrible. He looked lifeless at the plate and he was also not fielding his position and was also the slowest person on the planet, on the bases, while making base running mistakes. So that to that, and I say this all the time, like I'll admit when my take was wrong, but in the moment, he was bad. And, and he looked like there was no sign of recovering and he had a complete 180 right now, so, so far, which still... Like we said, we we aren't sold on him completely coming back. He's got to show it for a little bit more because of how historically bad he was for an extended period of time. But for the people, and it is like all the Gary supporters have now come out of their their caves and are now saying like, oh my God, kiss his ass and all that shit. Why did you talk that shit to him? We talked that shit because he was bad and now he's great. And, And are we upset that he's good because we had some, you know, we, that we were wrong. That we no no no. no. Are we upset because it, it, we we gave him criticism because he deserved criticism? People can turn things around, and now he's hopefully turned the page. But, but we, there we, is no always, chance that we owe the Gary supporters a yeah. a fucking apology. We no. we have. We I have say always, maybe
2: an apology just for saying that there's no way he can turn. We were well. Who is supposed to know that? Yeah. To we wrote off his entire career. I Okay,
1: to that that I say yes, but
2: all of the criticism of his play in season, totally fair game. Totally fair game. If you're that fucking bad for that long of a stretch, he was bad from the all-star break of 2018 until April 28th of 2021. That is three totally years.
1: Fair. That's why we wrote off his career and, totally and said fair. that, yeah, which was fair at the time. So he's,
2: he's in square in the middle of a baseball player's prime. He's 28 years old. So maybe writing off his career, I will slightly say I'm sorry for, but you're not getting the fucking giant apology card with, you know, the singing music and the yes. dancing fucking maracas in the background. Because
1: now. like I said, it doesn't change how we would should have felt in that moment because of the sample size and the data that we were, seeing or reading, we should have felt that way. To the people who, you know, felt they were Gary's supporters, they a lot of them were hanging on to 2017 and 2016, which is exactly what we were trying to be like, hey, he hasn't done it since then. So that was why we were writing him off because of that. And I guess, the, yeah, like I said, the people who were supporting him through and through were very, like, that was still top of mind, which I don't know. One thing I did want to mention is his batting average obviously was 344 in the last 20 games. Um, one thing I haven't got to this in stat talk yet either, but if you know what BABIP is, it's batting average on balls in plays, batting average on balls in play is 410 over that, over that time period. 410 versus his batting average currently in that time period of 344, obviously higher. That could mean that he's getting a little lucky in terms of the, the balls that are falling for him because of the portion of balls he's hitting in play, about half them are hits so that doesn't necessarily always happen especially now that the shift is as prevalent as it is so his batting average could you know come down a little bit from where he's you know stroking it but that's to be expected nobody's gonna hit the way he's been hitting for a long period of time That being said if he does start to come down a little bit we're not going to be like oh he's shitty again because that's not the case and th- and I'm just I'm just prefacing it by saying, the numbers show that he is getting a, a touch lucky. It could come down a bit, and don't freak out when that happens.
2: You know. Yeah. Okay. Totally understand. I mean, so, it, uh, nobody's going to be this good over the course of their career, or you're talking like Mike Trout level. He's not Mike Trout. Expect expecting a little regression is normal. I don't expect him to come up and, and be the best player on the fucking face of the planet for the rest of his career.
3: Just be con- just be consistent. Just don't. I'd rather a consistent ball player than. Then, well, that's You then, can't just create
1: him. He, he's not. He won't be.
3: Right, but I'm saying... Like, he does this. This
1: is what he does. He goes up and down. I know, but Zara... I'm not going to answer that That much. is a ridiculous request because he, he can't change. I know, but... Uh, this, this is what you get out of him. And there will be people that be like... Oh, the second his batting average comes down a bit, get down a bit, we'll say that hey, he sucks. And I will try and stay level-headed amongst those ebbs and flows of his career so one that, that's so, what he is
3: so one month is enough to just forget about the past three years
1: no which is why we're saying that we want him to continue to play obviously good to prove want,
3: it i was to be wanted to continue to be good in order
1: whatever. to prove that he's back he needs to keep doing it that's but why are I'm you at are you okay 58%. with the percent
3: but you're okay with him just being like shitty for another month and then he'll come no. back and be average again no
1: which is my worry and that's why i'm at 58 percent that he's back i need him to be Showing that he can continue this, or even to a degree, like if he is, also he plays catcher. The catcher position, and I'm about to get into this in a second, whether or not he's an all-star because people are talking about it. Catcher position is is not a good offensive position, and he ranks very high among catchers for the season, not only just through this last month, and I'll get into that in a moment. But I'm just saying, I, I would like him to at least be average for his, what he's at at his career, which is about a 240 hitter, which is fine, especially at the catcher position. So if he even does that, rather than going to hit, you know, at some points in a month span, he goes and hits .05, or, like, he goes to almost zero sometimes. It <laughs> goes just to the complete top of his game to bottom of his game in a matter of months. So that's what I'm saying I don't want to see. If he goes from this top of the world to average... And then back and forth from that, that's cool. That means he's back. As long as he doesn't go and just fucking drop off the face of the earth and look lifeless again. That's the only thing that I, if I see that, then I, then I think he's not back.
2: Yeah. Don't get to 240 by having a month of zero. And then, you know, a month of 500, give me something in between to where I don't have completely zero faith in you at the point. Well, you said cause... in
1: 237 now.
2: Well, I know, but you know like what I'm batting saying
1: average for his career. So that's I'm not on, crazy. I'm, on,
2: I'm I'm on your side. I'm backing you up here. <laughs> so back off and let me finish what I'm saying. Because we know that Aaron Boone sometimes can be a little slow in making adjustments. If he has those months where he's hitting fucking literally zero, he's not going to adjust it until the next month where he's ready to get hot again. So I'm backing you up and saying, both of you up, that <clears throat> yes, I want him to be consistent, but I don't think his consistency level is that high. Like asking for him to be a 240 hitter is not that crazy.
1: No, and that's what he's at for his career and that's what the average for the MLB is this year and that's what the average for for average for catchers is even lower than that. So my question to you guys on that note is Gary Sanchez an all-star? I currently say no and I think the answer is no and I think it's a resounding no because Salvador Perez is having a hell of a year. So I just wanted to read off where he ranks Uh, In terms of the AL ranks this season at the catcher position with a minimum of 200 plate appearances. Home runs, he's in second behind Salvador Perez. Salvi has 18, he has 11. Weighted runs created plus, he's in second behind Salvi again. Pretty close, 131 to 125. He's second in OPS to Salvi again. He's third in batting average behind Salvi and Christian Vasquez. And he's fourth in RBIs behind Salvi, Sean Murphy, and Vasquez. Um, he's not going to make it over Salvi, but it is very cool that it is this. We're having this conversation. That is a win to me. If he doesn't make the All Star game, the fact that we're even talking about him with a straight face, being <laughs> getting votes to be the All Star starter, yeah. is a massive win
3: to me. I mean, I mean, look back at 2017 where he he was in the Rookie of the Year running, and he played like five games or something <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I remember that. He played, I think he was actually like 60 games, and he was in the running for Rookie of the Year or something like that. But um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Um, obviously, I want him to be an All Star, but I feel like it's you know, it's very concentrated. Obviously, on this last month. I mean, the season's been three months so far. So he's had one good month out of the three. But
1: those are season long rankings. Is
3: what I was saying. I know, but all those stats have mostly come in that in the last month. I get it, but I just wanted to put that in perspective as like
4: he's not only why,
1: having a good month, but he's also rel- statistically yeah, relatively now he's against a the other year. people that he would he would be getting votes against. He's having a oh, a second best catcher year. Right. He's going to come so, in second, and but
3: votes. he he could have just played one month and then had this. Relatively the same stats. I know, but
1: the the fact that he got that hot, he brought it up his he's not only having that month, he's having a fantastic catching year at this point, which is crazy. He's been how great of a month that can that can change. He's been
2: good since April. like the end of April. He started off hot, had the awful streak where he was hitting zero. I think he in my eyes is an all star, but not the starter. I think he is a reserve all-star with the way he's playing right now yeah. if he keeps it up until the all-star break. Salvador Perez should be the starting all-star catcher for the American League for years to come. He has been for the last who knows how many years. He's the catcher production especially in the American League is bad. It's very bad. Yasmani Grandal is like second in voting and he's hitting under 200. So
1: well, Gary beats yeah. out Diaz, Grandal in <clears throat> in nearly every category.
2: I mean, the All-Star Not by voting, much, but for start, the, the All-Star voting for starters is a popularity a contest vote, yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking stupid. But if I'm looking at somebody who is an All-Star caliber player, taking fandom out of the picture completely, I would have Gary as a bench player, a bench catcher. Just, you know. I'm not saying he's the best catcher in the world, but based on the American League production, yeah. He's he's a bench catcher for the All-Star game. Yeah. And if Salvador, Salvador Perez, Perez has been hurt? the best catcher in the American League for 10 years now. Not 10 years, but you know what I mean. Either so, way, he's,
1: if, for those who think Gary will be the starter this year, that is not the case unless Salvador Perez gets hurt. And I do think that Gary will be the alternate. And that's just a testament to how great this month has been. Because like you said, Damon, it literally has brought him from a from the grave, yeah. quite literally. One month changed the, <laughs> his entire season already. Granted, it's been three months, but
3: yeah, I think I think if it wasn't like a, actually I don't even know. I'm I'm just saying like I wonder if it wasn't like a fan voting thing if that would even. Well, that's what
1: we're saying. I think I think if it wasn't a fan vote and they went based on all these numbers, Gary is the number two
3: AL catcher because he was being ridiculed publicly in the ML, like MLB's eyes, not just Yankee world, but yeah, like so he's, he's going to
1: get less months. votes because yeah. of that, because yeah. everybody knows Gary. If you're not a Yankee fan, you're not watching it every day and not looking at these numbers like we are, you, you see you're you going to see that that black eye on his name be like, Gary Sanchez sucks.
3: Yeah, you see the highlights. If it's good or bad, you see the highlights. Yeah.
1: So with that being said, nice segue, Luke. Who else could potentially be an all-star that you might not think about?
2: I'm the Yankees? Jonathan LeWise. How did you
1: know who I was going to talk about? He's been like sneaky good, though. Because we talked about it
2: before. And also, he's the fucking man, and I've been sticking up for him since spring training, and you guys have consistently shit on me for it. Well you whoa, know what? Whoa, Much like the whoa. Gary... No, 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 no! I don't want to hear whoa. I said they were <laughs> grooming him to be the next closer, and you guys shit on me for an entire episode. I didn't say he was taking no, over in a year. That's
1: not at all why I, I, my my sentiment still remains the same as to my what my response should be to that. Because and I and I'll get to that in a second, I guess. But finish. I don't think they should change anything about what they've been doing, the usage of Jonathan Loazga, and that includes making him the closer. That's why I I think they've found...
2: in his mid-30s. I know, I'm just saying
1: they've found what... Alright, fine, fine, fine. For this year, I'm saying, don't change a fucking thing with And I know people are going to be like, oh, we need a fifth starter. Why don't we use this guy who's been playing really well and kind of found it? How about we just keep the guy who found it in his position? Because he's doing unbelievable to the point where... His AL ranks, I went into the AL ranks. I guess this is an all-star episode, all-star update episode. He's seventh in the ERA with a minimum of 20 innings pitched. When you go minimum of 30 innings pitched, he is top two in everything because he, among relievers, he's being used so fucking much because he's that long reliever guy. He has 38.2 innings pitched to this point. That's ridiculous. But, like, even... Chapman doesn't have that many innings pitched, which is wild because Chapman is our best reliever. It's just it's crazy how much Loizaga is using, how important he is to this team. When Loizaga is working, this team is working, and he's the. Ba- I, I genuinely believe Loazga is the backbone of this bullpen. But among people who have a minimum of twenty innings pitched out of the bullpen this year, he's seventh in ERA. Emmanuel Clase is first at .91. Expected ERA, he's third. Fip, he's twenty seventh. Not really that alarming. There are a lot of relievers in the league, so twenty seventh is still a three oh nine Fip. War he's sixth and he's tied for first and wins. <laughs> wins don't matter, but he has seven wins, which is ridiculous. So I don't know how many can people, I how, on many, how Murphy many people real quick? how many people do they pick for the all star relievers? It's one, right?
2: No. There's like ten or twenty. But also can I shit on Murphy the real quick while out here? Yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, remember when we were doing the roll call episodes and we grouped Sessa and LaWez again the same <laughs> one, and he said he would take Sessa over Lewis again any day. I don't remember that. We'll find hilarious. the tape on that. And no, yeah. you weren't there that day. You were you were gone. It was me and Murphy and Luke. It was just us three doing the the cleanup episodes of the ones oh, that nobody yeah, gave yeah, a shit yeah. about before the season. He told me you can check the tape that he would take Sessa. Sessa over Lewisaga. That'd be funny. He just, that. he just
1: weirdly loves Sessa because of him being a locker room guy.
2: He's not even a locker room guy.
1: Yeah, is come he? to think of it, I haven't really the locker room guy who you see is like Odor, who's first out of the dugout and on whatever. Odor plays like garbage on the field, but he's whenever somebody Dude, gets a big hit, he's the first out in the dugout strutting his it shit. It doesn't
2: even have to be a big hit. It's like a sack bunt, and you just see one like. Cue ball head with a sweatband (laughs) jumping out of the fucking dugout, like fist bumping, going nuts, and it's like that's I like I like O'Dor. I don't think he needs to be an everyday player, but he's a great well.
1: He's one of the worst offensive player. I think I, I we looked at the numbers a little bit. He is the worst offensive, the worst person at the batting thing, who has got as much. Run as he has had over the last four years. He has. He's got, he, he gets a lot game of. Game. Yeah, he gets a lot of starts and a lot of at bats, and I think with that amount of plate appearances, he is literally the worst. Which is yeah,
2: but he play he plays good. Going to be eliminated when
1: Voigt yeah. comes back tomorrow. So a that's locker, fun. Guy. So yeah. we don't have to worry about that or the uh, the Tyler Wade conversation that we had last week. Um, but yeah, but hope Jonathan Lewisia.
2: I hope they keep O'Dora up after they call up Voight. Whatever.
1: Let's talk about Loaziga. So another thing that I wanted to point out, uh, we we felt so, you know, we hated him. I look back to...
2: Uh-uh.
1: No, no, no. no. I'm things. not even talking about that. I'm not talking about this year specifically. I'm looking back to, you know, the Astros series. Uh, that's Whenever I think of Jonathan Loaziga, I think of the Astros series when he was in... And it was a big moment because it always seemed like it was a big moment when Loisga was in or Sessa was in because we needed it. And I guess that it just stuck out more to me because I was more nervous in that moment. So that's what I remember. But all I can remember is him against the Astros, just walking the bases loaded and then just like getting at, and and that was his big issue. He was a walker. He liked to walk people. And I wanted to point out something that his walks are down and his walks. And I, I looked at his whip and all that walks per nine and he's, In the top percentile, I think I have it here. I I didn't write that down, but um, his walks for nine are, are among the best in the league. And in 2021, he has nine walks in 38 innings pitched. In 2019 alone, he had 16 walks in less innings pitched at 31 versus 38. So almost half the walks this year. Now, when you look at his usage also this year, In 2018, he had 25, and and keep in mind that the 2018, 2019, 2020, he was getting starts as well as a starter. So in 2018, 25 innings pitched. In 2019, 32 innings pitched for the full years. 2020, 23 innings pitched, I guess converting to that long reliever role. Still getting starts. 2021, he already, already on June 21st, has thirty eight point two innings pitched, and he hasn't started a single game. So Jonathan Uwaziga is is getting used a lot, and it's for good reason. And it's it's just it's crazy to see that because in full seasons in twenty eighteen and nineteen, I get it, he was young, but twenty five innings pitched in thirty two, he's already surpassed that, and those years included starts.
3: Yeah, he's been amazing, and like a huge. He's really just taken over that that eight spot, and then also just I eight, mean, what eight? Yeah,
1: and what over Britain, you'd take.
3: It's get I mean, no, getting into, in well, the trust tree. Trust tree. Trust tree. Hold on, hold on. I'm saying eight because Britain was out for the most of the season. Britain just came back, so of course, saying right now, yeah, why not? The Wisegufer, i out there. He's been doing great so far. I mean, I know I, I haven't really seen Britain pitch. Too much since he's been back. Probably just me for lack of watching that inning, but I don't know. No, I'm with you. It, I'm with you right now.
2: As it sits today, June twenty first, I would rank him second in my trust tree behind
3: Chapman.
1: Yeah, that was my question.
3: I think you have. I think go. you have. Well, to. there's your answer. You have to because even if even if Britain, I guess let me rephrase that. Especially because Britain has just come back. I can't put someone on my trust tree that has pitched four games the whole season. You know, he actually
2: got hurt. He got hurt again too. Britain said he was dealing with some like elbow soreness last time he was out.
3: So. Yeah. So and like also he was pitching himself into a, He was pitching himself into a jam the last time he was out there. Who? Uh, Britton. Yeah. What? It was like, like base loaded and with three two count. And he, flied out to Aaron Judge. But speaking that, of that, 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 was, that was
2: that. He almost blew the game. That is the Zach Britton special. Let me throw forty pitches, walk the bases loaded, and if we get out of it, cool. If we don't, we're gonna give up like one or two runs. The ERA is gonna look good, but everybody's gonna sweat their ass off every single yeah. time he's on the mound.
3: I mean, Chapman's had a history of that too, so well speaking of I the leaders, I am so not, not a gripe. Zach Britton guy. I look gripe right with Chapman. Please share. Gripe alert. Notice it's not me with the gripe. It's a little bit of a small gripe, but I think, oh, I think it's worth to say. It wasn't worth the button, though. No, I mean let's. I mean let's see because he. All right, so he he comes out there, and I don't know if he was injured or if he was dealing with something out there. I know Boone came out and was like, "What's going on?" But he what he walked two guys in a row, right? Last um, his last outing. Yeah, he had a ripped off fingernail, so. Whatever that—that's that, his fault. I have no sympathy for that. Anyway,
2: oh, I have no sympathy. I'm just saying, unobjectively, it's pretty hard to pitch without a fingernail.
3: Anyway, the game—the game before this—you just threw the fastest ball of the year so far at 103.4 miles per hour. You end the game with a painted fastball, and then the second, the first batter you face after that, the night, the the night afterwards, you throw three. You no, know, you throw three sliders in the dirt, and then you walk a guy in four pitches. And then next batter up, you're trying to throw more off speed pitches, and you're not throwing a fastball. And then you walk another guy. I know he got out of it because there was a triple play, but that that's like the most edge-case scenario you can think of, the a triple play that end the game. But he was on his way of pitching himself into another jam. Why are you not throwing fucking fastballs when they're when obviously your arms feeling good like why are you trying to play around with them why can't you just go out there and throw a fastball and get the guy out like, I just I just that's don't
2: or do you think that's the analytics department that says hey we have this scouting report on this player this whoever is it throw. is
3: whoever's making that decision also if it is the analytics department and Chapman goes out there and he throws and he walks two straight guys or he walks a guy in four pitches you should be thinking to yourself, fuck, I can't throw this slider. Maybe I should go with this fastball that I'm obviously fucking dealing with right now. Like I just, don't, I just don't know. I don't get why he likes to toy around with new pitches in situations that are just not the opportunity to do so, especially when your fastball is clearly as good as it's been your pretty much your entire career. It just doesn't make sense to me. It, it, who knows what would have happened if that true play didn't happen.
1: There is something to be uh, said about uh, two of the three triple plays have been when Chapman was in and i think both of the times he has been extremely wild and he yeah, like, couldn't I, find the zone there's a reason that there are two guys on like he got he has been his numbers could, could com- look completely different and that's not even a, a far-fetched thing to say to be hit, to be in hit. a situation for a triple play you need to have no outs and two runners on
3: not, not good. Not ideal. In the, I think it's
1: pretty obvious he's got lucky in those two spots. If those two situations blow up, those are two completely separate situations. His ERA could be super inflated from that. Now, ERA isn't a great stat for relievers. I get it. But, you know, I think the triple plays have definitely masked a little bit of the inconsistencies of Chapman as of late.
2: I think that the gripe alert button is certainly warranted. I Thank think you. you guys are being. I, I think the button is warranted, and it is cause to for concern and something to bring up. I personally am not like terrified about it going forward. I'm not he's either. Been, it's a very little thing. He's been he's been so good that you can't be that upset. And the triple plays are exciting. Yes, if that becomes a habit, which. There's two sides to that. If we keep doing triple plays, that's fucking sweet. But if Chapman keeps getting two guys on nobody out, then that is an issue, yes. But he's been so good this year that I I mean, you gotta give him a little leeway. No, I am,
3: but I'm just saying like like whoever's decision that was, please stop. Like no, I agree. Chapman is clearly a fastball pitcher. He's his fastball is the best it's ever been. Throw it. Don't especially in these situations where we're trying to win a game. We're trying to win a series. We're trying to like get momentum. Don't be throwing fucking sliders down in the dirt or down the middle when you're not you're not feeling it. Like I, I just don't get it. Like yes, he's had some great pitch selections. I remember there was one game where he it was like a full count or something. He threw a beautiful slider, but he was he was feeling it. And I don't know. It, it's all situational, but all I'm saying is if you're coming off a performance like he did the night beforehand, don't fuck around with it. Just just. You go with what's work. Go with what's working. Speaking, I of- stand
2: by that he should get recorded for a six-out save the night before. What the fuck? Like, I. It's been a. I don't bitch about umpires really because you know I. I've always been a stand for the human factor. It feels like the umpires this year for both teams, not just the Yankees. Every team that I've watched that the Yankees have played, that's been fucking terrible as of late like the last month has just been absolutely atrocious they should be ashamed absolutely ashamed you should umpires need to be held accountable if you call a game that bad if you miss as many calls as he did while Chapman was in there you should be fined if not suspended that was my little two cents on that sorry very hot button issue on Central Park Road
1: <clears throat> noted
2: Thank
1: Um, you. you live in Central Park Road
2: I do how of, poetic.
1: <laughs> uh, not really poetic at all. It's just a little bit weird. In South Carolina. Posers.
4: <laughs> you know, it, <laughs> it's no, very,
1: it, I, it would be more New York if it was like 4th Street or something like that. So Central Park Road is completely trying.
3: You to know, a trivia, poser. quick trivia. You know what the most popular street in the world is? The most commonly I used guess? street is? Park Ave. No. Ah, that was a good guess, though, right? Yeah.
2: It was a good guess.
3: John, you got one guess. It's on Snapple fact, so take that with what you will. Yeah, I'm
2: gonna go with.
3: Don't say first street,
2: Seventh Avenue.
3: Wow, I thought you were gonna say it's second because, it, yeah, because most because either there's a first or there's a main street, and then after main, there's always a second. Oh, you're right. Yeah,
1: interesting. I like Snapple facts. So uh, speaking well, of Snapple, we're all getting smarter together. Spe- Learn <laughs> <Speaking, laughs> something new each day, Chandler. Speaking of Snapple, become one
3: percent better.
1: <laughs> speaking of Snapple facts, uh, Nestor Cortez is a bit of a bit of the best pitcher. I I, I briefly teased it in the uh, in the Friday episode where I where we did the Hotter Knots because that's what we do here. Uh, Nestor Cortez is having himself a little bit of a season. Uh, I, I know. He, you know, Chandler kind of scoffed at me when I when I brought up Nestor Cortez, the best mustache in the league. I brought him up in hot or not, sure. and you were you a little bit scoffed at me, and you're like, hmm, that's a little bit. You you didn't expect the name Nestor Cortez to come up in conversation, but since then, this series against against the Astros, he goes three innings pitched, no runs, one hit, and he and and this the box score doesn't even tell the full story. He not only comes in and and pitches a shutout for three innings. He comes in in a four one ball game after Herman is uh, not only let up four runs, but he leaves no outs and first and third for Nestor Cortez to just to just fucking clean that up. And boy, did he clean that up! Like it's just, you know, at at some point, I don't know if. Right now is the point that people are going to turn around on Nestor Cortez, and I maybe it's just a streaky thing that he's playing really well right now. He does have like a six something career ERA, so it is for good reason that people are doubting the Nestor Cortez hype. But I mean, for on the season right now, I, I think he's got like twelve innings, twelve point something innings pitched, and like a one one something ERA. I mean, the last three outings he had that that same outing. Against the Athletics, against the Phillies, he went three point two, one run, four hits, six strikeouts. And against the Red Sox, he goes two innings pitched, zero runs, one hit, four strikeouts. On the year, he has a one four six ERA. I
2: did write that. down. Do time. you have the peripheral numbers?
1: The fuck does that mean?
2: Like his FIP and all that shit. And I don't.
1: I I, I do a pen and, I do pen and paper. Pencil and paper. Okay. You like to for, say
2: that too, but we're becoming an analytics podcast just to follow. <laughs> I read the analytics,
1: race. but I just put it on my little notepad.
2: I was just curious, just because I I don't believe in Nestor Cortez. I still don't. There's no nothing- Oh, so you're
1: saying is the expected ERA that also at that level and the FIP Ex- all at that exactly. level? Is he getting lucky?
2: Yeah. Even even if he isn't getting lucky, I still don't believe like I don't trust a guy that throws eighty nine miles an hour on his fastball. And has never been successful in a season in the big leagues to turn it around. Like, I'm yeah. sorry. He's been awesome so far. But you can't tell me that when Nestor Cortez comes in the game, you're like fucking absolutely no. I mean, this he... is what this is what we need. <laughs> he's <laughs> fucking absolutely
3: <laughs> fucking lock it down. He he's one of those guys that's like He's fun to root for because he he looks like a cartoon character. Also,
1: the deliveries are all different every time. He just seems
3: fake. He seems like a fake person. He's a
1: cartoon, yeah.
3: So that's why he's fun to root for when he's doing well. And he kind of just like, you know, he's doing well, so you're like, let's just like ride this bandwagon. But when he's doing bad, he's so easy to hate on.
2: I really want to know. He has an open invite to come on the show and prove that his mustache is real. <laughs> it looks like something you would buy at Party City. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: have Party City in South Carolina?
2: So, so. I don't know. We had one back uh back home in Florida. Actually had two of them. Big party people we were.
1: I'm just looking for his his other numbers.
2: Outcast numbers, what yeah. But it, in terms uh, of
3: Murph and ask how to
2: get onto baseball savant,
3: I'm on yeah. it right now. <laughs> in, in terms of reliability, I, I don't think we're even close to talking about that right now.
2: Absolutely
3: not. And if we're no. talking about trust trees, I don't think he's even in the conversation. No, but there's something no. to be said about what he's what he's been doing. Would rather rather him right now? Because
1: here's the thing: he also comes oh, in in cleanup right. roles, and he has been doing. He's been pitching shutouts, and that's that's awesome. I really I really just, like that he's doing that well.
2: How old is he? He's Twenty-six. I'm just saying, if you have any reaction Early. other if you have any reaction other than oh fuck, every time you see <laughs> Nestor <laughs> Cortez up in the bullpen, then you're wrong. Yeah. Well to There's be no fair, way.
1: the situation is always a punt like situation. You came in four one, you know, ran on first and second, no outs. And that's, of course, an oh-fuck situation. Nestor Cortez, I don't think, will ever not be in an oh-fuck situation because he's always going to come in in a situation where you don't want to waste a top-flight reliever.
2: But that's different, though. Like, it's not always oh-fuck with first and second reliever coming in. When we used to have Batanzas, like in the A's game, when Batanzas came in after Severino got knocked out, we were like, okay, Batanzas, we're not oh-fuck, the inning's over. He's going to... drop a couple knuckle curves, and we're going to get out of here. And he did. When Chad Green came in the wild card game, also cleaning up Sevy. the year before, we were like, okay, cool. Chad Green is having a year. This is our guy. We'll get out of it. When Nestor Cortez comes in with guys on first and in- – First and second, nobody out. We're like oh, all right, I'll see you tomorrow after we lose fifteen to nothing. Like Mike Ford's no, the agree. next pitcher after that is, and that
1: and that still probably will be my feeling next time he comes in. But I just wanted to shed light on his his greatness for the last two episodes we're talking about, Nestor Cortez. And I didn't think that would happen this year. Yeah. Did he get a roll he didn't that get a roll fair. call, did he? No shot.
2: He but. wasn't on the team yet.
1: We didn't even get signed f- it. Who who did we not give a roll call to the relievers? Um, we didn't give a a, a a bigger name of a reliever a roll call. and we, I I don't, He wasn't on the team. Yeah. You're right. He wasn't on the team at the time, so we didn't even think about it. But, yeah. Uh, what else do we have to talk about before I get into stat talk?
3: Um, Jenna, I got nice, a greasy nice. parlay that you had
2: today. I did. It's all of them are about to kick off. Actually, I think we got a lot of like uh, eight o'clock games here. So I think I had the A's. Obviously, going to want to bounce back after getting ass fucked by the Yankees. I took the I took the uh, Rangers
3: in that game actually.
2: Really? Well, have fun yeah. on the other side. <laughs> um, a little home field then,
3: underdog.
2: Yeah, I took the A's, the Astros against the Orioles, and the Milwaukee Brewers against the piping hot. Uh, Arizona diamondbacks who are like two and twenty six in their <laughs> Brewers have been good. Brewers have been good this year. Oh, the Even brewers with that, are is, is Yellish back yet? If you li- yeah, he's been great. If you oh, listen okay. to the Action Network podcast actually you'll listen to us talk about the NL Central favorites who the um Brewers are actually tied for.
3: Yep. Uh I had I had the uh actually I have right now the Mets and Braves over six and a half right now. So, hammering that one. I thought I had the game beforehand, but I realized it was a doubleheader. So I accidentally bet. Oh, like, this is the
1: second game. Yeah, I thought this was a replay. We got we had the we had the game on the top TV yeah. channel, and the game came back on. I thought it was one of those like it was like it was a quick turnaround. Wow!
3: <laughs> I accidentally bet. On I was going to say, why, who?
1: Game. What, what game is this that Ikov is pitching in the first inning? Degrom just pitched. I, yeah, I don't know. either way, four or six and a half. But so,
3: um, if you. Want to check out our Action Network episodes every week? We have those coming out on Wednesdays with two of the MLB betting experts. So tune into them. And then also, if you want to go follow us on the Action Network, we got one sixty one Damon, one sixty one Luke, one sixty one Bing, and the other guy's not here. One sixty one Murph though. Go check our bets. Go check our greasy parlays. Also a bad better. Yeah, we're the only good ones to follow. (laughs) I'm not a good one to follow.
2: We're fun we are I got like four followers today. I was like man you guys are in for some losing <laughs> I not say a that. cold streak now I'm coming back strong though the GP is about to hit big tonight boom Texas up GP. already there you go
3: anyway go download the app go follow
1: us we're a good time I don't have a I'm gonna get into stat talk I don't have a sound queued up for stat talk so I'm just gonna use this
2: he's going to jail
1: so that's gonna be uh, <laughs> that's gonna be the, the, the segue. Into stat talk. So today's stat talk. Uh, if you guys liked last week's stat talk, and if you like stat talk in general, please let me know because that's that's cool. I think I think it's fun, but I'd like to hear how you guys feel about it. Last week we talked about what did we talk about, Chandler? Last week, last uh, episode we talked about, uh, we talked, about we talked about FIP. We started early. We started we started yeah, easy we- for FIP. Uh, this week we're gonna go into uh, UZR. So learning the sabermetrics about fielding and all that is it's very recent nobody really knows the, how to exactly measure fielding and usually you know when we measure fielding it's been just like errors and all that and that's not that's doesn't necessarily tell the whole story about a fielder so i wanted to get into uzr which is ultimate zone rating and damon i need you to pay attention because I'm the reason we do stat talk is to inform not only the people listening but damon romeo I'm so, listening.
3: I'm all ears. Because I
1: know Chandler knows the sabermetric stats and all that stuff, and Murph isn't here, so I can't blame him. But the reason we do this is for Chandler not for Chandler and I. It's for it's for Damon and uh and Murph. But um to perk up.
3: <laughs> I'm I listen best when I'm not looking at people. That's you just know
1: that. not true. Come that, on. I don't know. That, that.
3: I don't think
2: I would like the saber metrics on that. There's yeah. just no possible way that that's true. It if you know
3: me, you know, I don't look at anyone in, in their eyes. He doesn't do eye that's contact. Not, that's I don't do eye not contact. A good,
2: that is a really bad um, habit to get in. Yeah, no. Not even a quality because it's breakable, but I would recommend maybe looking. I think he like gets
1: that. nervous when when you look him in the eyes. He just feels like you're looking into his soul. No,
2: I just
3: can't concentrate. So I'm like I look at You're uh, focused on the eye contact. I'm focused on yeah, I'm focused on like 11 different things about your face and I can't listen to what you're saying. Notice
1: he didn't even look me in the eyes when he was talking to
3: me. I, I, I like I literally like if I look, looked away from me if again. I'm <laughs> if I'm looking at you, if I'm looking at you, I am not paying attention. But if I'm not looking at you, I am all ears. That
2: blows my mind. Yeah. But fun, it makes little sense little in fun an ass backwards way.
1: I'm a yeah.
3: huge eye contact
1: guy. Yeah. But yeah, I like uh so, use So, if a player, it's basically the goal of it is to put a run value to a player's defensive performance. And if a player can get to, if, basically if a player can get to more balls, that leads to a higher potential to make more errors. So, it's like error, errors are subjective because it's like, hey, he has a bunch of errors, but that could, ne- that could necessarily mean that he has more range. Because, you know, guys like Gio don't have a lot of errors, but he has a bad range, so he doesn't get to as many that he should get to. For example, Matt Chapman, who has a big range, and Renato have a big range, could potentially be higher in errors because they get to more balls that would not have even be close to being have been fielded by other players. So, just a lot of old stats focus on penalizing mistakes rather than rewarding range, and uh, only recently we were allowed to capture this type of movement from players with high-speed cameras, like we can with spin right now. So, this stat combines things like you know your arm. Is your arm good? How many outs do you save with the arm? Double plays. Do you convert double plays often? That's a big thing, obviously. Triple plays with the Yankees. So, you know, that plays into this as well. Your range, like I said, it's called UZR. So range goes into that as well as errors, obviously, because errors are a thing. But all these inputs are all tossed into a formula, which is weighted for park factors, like a lot of the advanced metrics nowadays. And then it spits out into a positive or, or negative number signifying above or below average it's cumulative. So at the end of the year, when it's all said and done, a gold glove UZR is a 15. So it's cumulative. So it's like war. So you'll get there eventually. So if you look at a snapshot right now, like I'm about to ask you guys, who do you think is the best and the worst on the Yankees? You know, it's not even going to be close to these rankings. I'm just saying in terms of the full season, 15 is gold glove, negative 15 is awful and then it goes in increments of five everywhere in between. Average defender is zero. It's sort of like, you know, WRC plus is a 100 scale, so above or below percentile ranking. So uh, simply put, this is a, the player's ability to create outs compared to the league average. It's a very good stat when looking at a fielding percentage. So with that being said, were you listening?
3: Yeah, I got off. Yeah, he
1: wasn't looking at me, so he was listening that time during that little lecture. Uh, Damon, we'll start with you. I feel like a teacher... <laughs> Damon, who do you think the best feel the best UZR is on the Yankees?
3: Geo or Judge?
1: Chandler, what do you think?
2: You don't get two picks. I'm going Judge.
3: I'll stick with Geo. Make it interesting.
2: It's actually a tie
1: because when the one I looked at, Geo is one of them who is tied, but it's he's tied with DJ. To be honest, so uh, huh. he's tied with DJ because you combine, you know, Gio's only played primarily third base. He played a little bit of a shortstop, which actually was like a a slightly negative UZR, which doesn't, who cares cares about that? Throw that away. But um, when you combine DJ's second base and first base play, which are the two primary positions he's been playing, he also occasionally played third base, but not enough. Those are both at 2.9 right now, which at this point in the season are very, very, very good. So Glaber's also at 1.8. And just for your reference, The league best at this point in the season is Byron Buxton, who also missed some time, so he could be even higher than this. He's at 4.3 compared to Geo and DJ's 2.9. So, Mm. like, relatively close. Buxton is obviously elite, and that's the league lead in that position. Uh, Chandler, if you could guess the worst UZR on the team currently, who would it be? Mm.
2: My gut wants to go Andahar, but my heart. Can you do catcher's? It's also
1: cumulative, though, so Andahar would be a bad guess.
2: Well, can you can you do catchers?
1: You can do catchers.
2: I could I would pick Gary if I just had to go something like that.
1: So, Damon, I told you the answer. Oh, yeah, I, know, I know the answer already. So, the the worst on the team is Clint Frazier.
2: God and damn it. That was my second. That, pick.
1: that was obvious and uh when you combine his right field play and his left field play, he so Gio is Gio and DJ were 2.9 combined uh positive. He is -3.1 in right field and -2.5 in left field for a grand total of -5.6 UZR which when you combine those two is the worst defender in all of baseball. <laughs> so, so to the to the crowd that different. thinks that he that he is uh he was deserving of that gold glove finalist position maybe he was at the time but it's certainly far from it right now and I'm I'm now fully in the camp that he dives for balls that he doesn't need to because he gets bad reads on them.
3: Yeah, so. uh, going off of that, the uh, the ball that Matt Chapman hit the other night when Lucas was pitching, licky, licky, L- um, can we call him licky, licky, licky? <laughs> um, it was a it was a fly ball to left center, and I don't know if he got a bad read. I don't know if a someone was in his eyes, but. The ball dropped at the warning track, and he did a little like jump to the left and tried to catch it. If he, I'm sure everyone was either watching the game or saw the clip, but that ball had a 95 percent catch probability. <laughs> so <It's> yeah, <pretty> <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty fucking high. So that means that that was probably 100 percent until he missed that, and then it went down to 95. So I don't know really what that means. I don't know if he had. You know, again, if his someone's in his eyes, or if it was a tough read, I don't even really know what it was. But analytics are analytics, and they say ninety-five percent. Not sure how true that was. I don't know if that factors in the elements of the sun or anything like that. I don't think they do. But I think it just, it's nice it's just pity, it just just piggybacks off of that point of maybe he's just getting terrible reads. So just a little. I little mean, fun, I can't fun read fun in real life, there. so I,
1: I, I can't fault Clint for not being able to read a fly ball, but. I can because I mean you should you're, you're, no, you're supposed saying, to
3: be the best in the business.
1: I'm at not, I'm not a good balls. reader.
3: That's just that not a the the good joke.
2: That was just to get he he just wanted somebody to draw attention to him being a bad reader. Yeah, yeah. I, I got that it. was the whole point because
1: I that. thought it would be a funny joke. But I guess now yeah. that you dive into it like this, now you've ruined my joke.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. You like
1: you you took too much attention to it. I I asked for some attention.
2: I it was my, supposed my to be like a giggle, but Damon was asking yeah. for like your
3: AR points from. Like <laughs> no, yeah. Where'd you get in your SAT?
1: <laughs> I actually
3: cheated on the SAT. I got. I think got I got me sp- into college. I think I got triple digits. That's not good.
2: <laughs> Do I know. Pretty sure you get triple digits just from writing your name. Yeah, right? I didn't.
3: Yeah, I really. didn't
1: submit. No, you do. You actually. Isn't that a thing? You get like 200 points I for writing your name. I
2: think you get like 450 for writing your name. It's also college. weird to me that you northern people take SATs. Do you take the ACT? I took the yeah. I took the ACT. It's all submitted. I took to both.
1: Uh, whatever. I, I didn't fuck with the science portion. Um, let's get into some voicemails. We got our first phone call again from a uh, recurring callers. Now I have saved contacts. So now we know if you've called before and have made it onto the show, when they are call- in the pod, the call comes in, and I see that it's a recurring, recurring caller. So Stephen G, our boys.: Oh,
2: Oh fuck, yes. <laughs> this is, <laughs> what is I he needed he to drunk him, again.:
1: I Buckle up, definitely drunk again. They like to call in on, <laughs> on Saturday nights. This was a Saturday night. I think it was like 12 o'clock. In the night. <laughs> uh, it was 11:23.
3: There you go, Steven.
1: So Stephen G, let's, let's take it away, boys.
5: Yo! I'm here. 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 I'm i am here i am i am in the am i am here i am here i am here i am here i Sure, we so didn't mention that yet. fucking money, baby. All oh, the let oh, yeah, go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. go. We're back. We're going to the World Series. Yeah. It don't matter. Yeah. how it is. Oh God, better. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Let's go, baby. Yo, what what do, do they
0: do on Saturday nights? I gotta be there. We love you.
1: No, I, I'm we, uh, we got to be with Steven G on a Saturday night. Yo, let seems us know like what, it's, their,
3: it's their slot. Yeah, let us know what you do on Saturday night. Saturday game, Steven G, do. show up
1: to the fucking crib and let's go to a game because these guys sound like a fucking ball. But, I mean, they hit the nail on the head. I mean, this I team, didn't even make
2: out like an actual I didn't really
1: hear yeah, much, that, much just, of what they it's said. It's just but it,
3: Yankee energy right now. That's all it is. That's
1: what, that's what, we, what we want out of these calls. We want the, the people that actually, you know, we'll talk about, Real topics and stuff, but also, this is a good... Stephen G could be a recurring thing as like a, a snapshot of what Yankees fans look like and then we react
3: to it, yeah, inside whether, that's,
1: whether that's warranted or not to to feel that way. And when you look back to their phone call before, I don't have it saved anymore, but they were, they were upset. The White Claws were hitting different that night, but now the White Claws are hitting like we're back, Chapman's back. You know, Boone, we didn't mention that before, Boone... Got ejected. That was cool, and it didn't seem forced. It actually seemed like he genuinely cared that time. That was fun. So I think, Stephen G., thank you for the call. 914-469-2168 is the number to hit us up. And, uh, yeah, Stephen G., love you guys. Um, but I, I do think I agree with everything you guys are, are muttering. Yep. I, I think they, it's a fun team to watch. It's a fun team to watch now, and that's, I guess, the the main the yeah. Main point behind
2: Saturday was electric. We'll just leave it at that. Let us know what you're doing next. Good time Saturday. to call
1: in. Yeah, hit Please us up. Do. Hit us up. DM us. Give Steven me like a G. week's
2: notice. Oh. Yeah, let's we'll go to hop game. Him on
1: the phone calls. Um, yeah. yeah, let's go to the next call.
5: My name's Tim. I'm calling from Whitehaven, Haven, PA. Uh, I was just at the game on Saturday.
1: Little thing before we continue Tim's phone call. Notice the energy level is different <laughs> between Tim and uh, Stephen G. Tim, we need to bring you that up a little bit, but we'll continue your phone call, see if you pick it up. Uh,
5: when they won 7-5, awesome game. It's so much fun to watch, so much fun to be back at the stadium. Picked it up. Sneakily, you know, drank a 12-pack of beer. Uh, that put me back a little bit, but um, it was an awesome game. They were down 4-1, and they showed fight. That's what I took away from it more than anything. Obviously, I was psyched they won, but they won. And they, they fought. They looked like they cared. The stadium was not full, but it was electric. And they, they really showed some fight. And Boone actually looked like he cared for once. Awesome game. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. I'm a big fan of the pod. And uh, hopefully uh, this is kind of turning the cornerstone for the team. So, awesome job.
3: That That's one. I'm glad that you brought it up because that, that's one thing that Thank you for the call. we all shit on the Yankees for. Or at least I definitely did on the, a couple of podcasts when I was like, I think it was it was after the the pa- the Padres had to come back win, and I was like, right now I just cannot see the Yankees doing that. I just I think that if they go down more than four runs, the game's over in their mind, and they're just throwing in <laughs> Nestor Cortez <laughs> to finish the game off, who's been great. So or like a Nick Nelson to finish the game off. So, so he's on,
1: currently on the Sun, I think.
3: Yeah, he's gonna be there for a while. But I, again, like, he has a great point. This is like this is one of the first times where I feel like they actually put a rally together and they have come back and have had some amazing wins from behind. And if we're going to be going on streaks against these better teams, we're going to dig ourselves into a little bit of a hole when we're going to, you know, these better teams are going to score runs and they're going to keep us down. And like, we need to be able to capitalize on those moments. I think that when, you know, the, the athletics are known for having a terrible bullpen, And that's exactly what we capitalized during those two games. You know, they shut us out for like six innings, and then as soon as the bullpen came in, we turned it on. And not to say that's the good strategy moving forward by any means, but we're capitalizing on those moments, and it's great to see some fight in the end and a comeback. I mean, I think think we've come back.
2: I think we've come back in like four of our five wins on this streak. So, and that was the that's the first
3: four of the whole season
2: exactly i've been the most pessimistic asshole in the world every time another team scores like one run and the first thing like all right fuck we're done but you know and i was saying it on sunday i'm not going to be negative today i'm not going to be negative today and it actually worked out you can tell when
1: chandler's tweeting versus when anybody else is tweeting. (laughs) if you guys realize the negative tweets those that's when chandler's on so when you reply to the tweets there to say chandler what's going on dude
2: no i've been a little more positive i was positive on sunday Okay. But in large part, they are negative. You are correct.
1: Yeah. So, let's get to the next voicemail.
2: Yanks are back.
5: Finally. Finally. I mean, holy fuck. This team, Gary, Gary is destined. Gary is destined. This team's destined for a World Series. World Series is back on, even though it was never off. Yanks are back. And I'm sitting in my room right now, looking at the sign I have. It says, I want to thank the good Lord for making me a Yankee. I want to thank the good Lord right now for making me a Yankee fan, because this, this is one of the greatest moments of my life. The you signing off, future New York Yankee, by the way. Peace out,
1: The greatest moment of your life... I don't know about all of that, but uh, yeah, no, it's it's definitely fun. I want to thank the good Lord for making me a Yankee fan as well. Uh, you said the World Series is on. I I do believe. I do declare that it's back on. I do have a have a qualm with you saying it was never off because it was off, and at least in terms of my mind, mm-hmm. it was off for a period of time. And I think it's it's a little bit honestly and premature to say it's back on, but I'm going to say it anyway. But uh, yeah, World Series back that on. That
2: tweet came from me. That the the World Series is back on. Just Congrats. wanted to let you know, so Congrats. it's not it's not all pessimistic.
3: Hey, uh, hey, Chandler, one quick thing. Hey, Damon, um, <laughs> Rangers <laughs> are up five right now. So I know. a little, very, a little very live, well little live update. Damon's action is the one to follow. Painfully it out aware
2: of painfully the aware. Fucking A's getting just skull fucked in the first inning, but. It's all right. A lot of ball left.
1: A lot
3: of lots, ball, but it's looking good.
2: Lots of ball. Lots of ball. Roughly eight innings.
1: All right. Got anything else we want to talk about before we sign off on this
3: one? Got Gary Cole tomorrow. It's always a good thing.
1: Oh, yeah. So, like we said, we were talking about before. Um, you know, we want to see some fight out of this team. We want to see them continue to play good against bad teams. And...
3: What a great way to start it off with Garrett Cole in the bump.
1: Yeah. What are your What are your predictions for Garrett Cole tomorrow?
3: He's gonna go six and six and third, seven strikeouts, four hits. I'm going complete game,
2: one run, eleven K's, two walks, and a seven to two win.
1: How many sticky stuffs?
2: Zero because they're checking before the game now. Yeah, they checked the (laughs) ground.